Welcome to the People of Canterbury Baptist, a podcast where we meet the people of Canterbury Baptist in Melbourne, Australia, hear their stories and explore ideas relevant to our church and community. My name is Stephen and for today's episode, let's meet Russell. Russell, mate, it is a pleasure to have you as part of the People of Canterbury Baptist podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Appreciate that, mate. Now, mate, uh, I just wanted to, to sit down, get to know you better. Uh, on a personal note, uh, you and I haven't had opportunity to, to really sit down and have a lengthy conversation about your background. So part of this is me just interested to learn more about you. But the right. bits and pieces I do know, I, I, I find quite interesting. And I think uh, hopefully those in the congregation who haven't heard your story will also find that interesting as well. So are you ready just to, uh, to take yep. us back? And to, yeah, to- bye. Yeah, by all means. Yep. Beautiful. Let's, as I have been doing the last uh, number of uh, number of uh, podcasts, I like to sort of go back to the beginning. So here's here's the uh, the opening and generic question: Where were you born? Well, I was born in Dalesford, um, in uh, rural Victoria. Uh, probably everyone knows Dalesford. It's a very popular place to visit um, because of its mineral springs and what have you. So yeah, I was born in Dalesford and. Uh, um, my parents uh, lived there. I think they were born in Dalesford as well, and um, uh, moved to moved to Melbourne, moved to Richmond in Melbourne uh, when when I was only about uh, two or three. Do you know what shifted them from Dalesford? Nice country, uh, <laughs> beautiful bushland area with mineral springs, right into the inner eastern suburbs of Melbourne. <laughs> um, look, I really don't know. I suspect that my father was. Um, uh, trying to find more secure work, um, which he did. He uh, he um, worked uh, at the Australian Glass Manufacturers, I think it was, out in Spotswood. And um, um, my mother, um, she did a little bit of uh, work with uh, in the army. Um, so uh, I guess they they felt that uh, the time was right to. Moved to uh, to Melbourne and uh, start a new way of life, and uh, so that's what they did. How would you like looking back now? How would you describe your childhood? Oh, look, I had a I had a great childhood. Uh, my brother and myself. I mean, it was a, I lived in a very humble family. We we uh, um, you know my my parents were um, you know not not uh, not rich by any um, standard. Uh, they were, but by the same token, it was a loving family, and um, we were, you know, well fed, well clothed, and and what have you. So, so I I've got no uh, complaints about uh, my childhood or uh, my family life. Was your childhood largely based in the Richmond area, or or, or did you move around a fair bit? Uh, they moved to a rented property um, in in Richmond, and I remember it was right beside the Rosella factory. Okay. So, so there was a constant um, aroma in the air of um, uh, onions, uh, onions cooking, and um, uh, tomato sauce being made. And in fact, I used to, uh, as a very young, I, I would have only been about I don't know three or four or something. I used to uh, climb over the fence and uh, go into the factory, and the uh, the workers in the factory would take me up and show me the great big vats where all the pickled onions were and so forth. So uh, that, that's that's very memorable. Uh, but we were only uh, in Richmond for about uh, my, my, my brother, who's a younger brother. He was born uh, in Richmond. And then, um, I don't know, when we were seven, when I was seven or eight, we moved to Box Hill. My father um, built a, a new house in, uh, in Box Hill. Mm. Um, so uh, we weren't in Richmond for that long. So, was church a part of your background? 
church. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, my parents um, uh, went to church uh, and they sent my brother and myself to Sunday school. My mother, um, she was a committed Christian. Christian and, and and was baptized at Boxall Baptist. My father, I can't remember him making a commitment. So I, I, I would probably rate him as a, a notional Christian. That is to say, um, he never made a commitment. He certainly wasn't baptized, but I do believe he had a faith. Mm. Yeah. So we uh, we went to uh, we went to church. In fact, uh, when we moved to Box Hill, we we started to um, attend the. Um, my, my parents were Methodist, and and um, they sent us along to uh, Boxall Methodist Church, and um, uh, and that was that was okay. Um, but one day, um, my the neighbour behind, he was a wonderful guy, a wonderful Christian guy, Harold Harold Thorogood was his name. Um, he he said to my parents, "Why don't you um, why don't you send your boys to Boxall Baptist? They've got a fantastic uh, youth club, a boys' club." So it's interesting. He said, "But you can't do it now because we're fully we're fully booked up with regard to boys as a waiting list." Um, so we waited a year or two and um, and then went to uh, this boys club at Boxall Baptist which which was just absolutely fantastic and that was my grounding mm. um, from a Christian point of view I just idolized my um, my leaders um, and 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 I tried to portray them as, as much as at all possible and and my my Christian basis my foundation um, was established uh, at that um, um, at that boys' club, and 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 I mean, I can still remember um, our motto: "Grow unto God." And I can still remember um, um, at the the verse that the the whole club is based upon. Was it is it Luke two or something? And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favour with God and man. And that's what we built. That's what the it was called the Pioneers Club, and that's what they built their foundation on. Jesus was social, he was spiritual, he was educational, and he was physical. And Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and favour with God and man. And um, I still remember all that to the this day. And in fact, uh, I still um, I, we still have a reunion um, every year with um, um, guys that I went through the, that club with. But not only that, there was a girls' club as well. So you can imagine. Um, there was a lot of marrying between, <laughs> and so consequently, um, on the twenty third of um, November this year, uh, fourteen of us—that's seven couples—we we get together each year um, just to catch up with one another. So that's where my um, that's where my uh, Christian faith was established. I'm, I'm hearing in your voice this is a time in which your faith was really was really formed in a deep way. Absolutely. Can I? Yep. Can I just take you a little bit deeper into that moment? Um, is there a particular um, – what is it in particular about this moment that you think had so much impact? Was it a particular moment of teaching or a particular vision of who God is that actually sort of captured your attention? Or was it a particular example that a particular person set for you? Are you, are you sort of able to, to identify yeah, look, a particular thing? In my early stages uh, at the uh, at this boys' club, um, I wasn't a Christian. I became a Christian later in my um, – in my early teens, um, but it was it was just it was just the program that um, the Pioneers Club ran. It was just the program. It was just so 
um, it was so powerful um, in that um, here we are doing physical stuff, you know, playing games and doing gym. We had a lot of gym equipment. Um, they were all, all fantastic mates and we got on well. Um, I told you about uh, the leaders that we used to look up to. Mm. Um, and it was all integrated within the, within the church. So it, it, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't say it's just one thing. Mm. It was, it was more a combination of the total, um, the total environment uh, of that, uh, of that boys club. So let me take you to, to that moment you said in your in your early teens when you became a Christian. Mm. Um, can you tell me the story of that moment? So as you say, I became a Christian. Can you describe what that experience was for you? What happened? Well, um, I I had a um, a maiden aunt that lived with us. And um, uh, it was it was through one of the Billy Graham Crusades. She decided. She said, "Come on, Russell, I'll take you to the uh, Billy Graham Crusade." I can't remember where, where it was. I think it might have been the the Music Bowl, actually. Um, and so I encouraged a mate to come with me, um, and, and and we went to that uh, particular Billy Graham uh, Crusade, and uh, that's where I uh, I went forward and made a commitment, um, and and. Uh, that was that was very um, very emotional. It was a significant significant time in my life. Um, so that's that's um, that's when I became a Christian. Yeah. Um, just then, just tracing the, the lines of your life forward from there. Um, what professional area did you begin to to explore and move into? Um, when um, when I was at uh, when I went attended the Boxall Baptist Church, um, my mother and father did as well as I mentioned earlier. Um, I was getting to the stage where I was uh, about to leave school, um, and and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, there was a a wonderful uh, member of the church that was in the insurance industry. Les Rundle was his name, and uh, my mother went up to him uh, one Sunday morning, I remember it very distinctly, after church and said, look, my son's uh, just about to leave school and he's looking for a vocation. Uh, would you have any um, positions available for a young young person? And he said, absolutely. So uh, I joined the same uh, company that he was working in, um, and uh, that's an industry that I um, stayed in for over 50 years, 50, probably closer to 55 years um, in the insurance industry. So in the insurance industry, that was an in- industry as a young man, I'm sure you probably didn't even think about uh, about joining. But once you joined it, you actually found a particular connection to it? Well, it was it was something that I quite enjoyed. And um, I, uh, I was always in- interested to um, move up um, in the world of insurance. Um, I was always looking for opportunities to um, to improve myself and um, um, aspire to um, uh, other levels uh, in the industry, um, and it was a, a very good industry to to be in, um, particularly uh, probably the last twenty years of my life uh, when I when I worked in the faith part of uh, the industry, and uh, those last twenty years were by far the most satisfying. For me, uh, knowing that uh, you're working in a, a well, essentially, I was working for God. Um, I, I often refer to him as my boss um, yes. because uh, I was I was providing um, um, a level of protection uh, for both uh, the church 
as a building um, and the, the people within the church. So I found that very satisfying. Um, you mentioned that that this pioneers group was a group in which uh, which quite a number of people found their uh, their their uh, future spouses. Yes, yes. Did you by any chance find your future spouse in a pioneers group? I did, I did. In fact, I met Elise. Um, she, interestingly enough, the this club <laughs> was very successful, extremely successful. They went on and and, and started a. Um, a football club as well, which all my mates played in, including myself. Um, but the funny thing about it was it was very successful, and but the the church and the ministers were a bit wary of it. Okay. They they sort of they sort of didn't connect with it. Um, so so the, the, it, what what um, transpired was uh, there was the club kids and there were the churchy kids. Okay. So in other words, there were some churchy kids that didn't attend the club um and then and then there was a stack of uh, club kids that didn't attend the church mm. um but it just so happens that uh, lisa was one of the churchy kids and i would go to uh, church not so much on a sunday morning but of a sunday night because uh, that's when you met uh, all all your mates and so forth and that and that's where i met elise and um we subsequently um uh, got married in the boxall baptist church how long were you married for um well uh what what is it um 60, 60, 69 to um oh seven so yeah thirty eight years so um and that was a wonderful marriage yeah um if, if you don't mind, can I take you to the moment in which your wife passed away as I understand that it was in fairly shocking and sudden circumstances are you comfortable to tell that story yes I am yes I am um uh, I've got three boys, uh, the eldest one of which um, lives in America, and we were, um, and at the time he was living in, in the Keys uh, in Florida. So we went to see him. We would, we would go and see him whenever we could, um, almost uh, yearly. So on one occasion, this was back in 2007, we, um, we went to visit him, and um, one, <clears throat> one morning we, um, there were, we had access to some bicycles, um, and one morning uh, I said to Elise, uh, let's go for a ride up. There was a, um, a fantastic um, sort of sports shop, um, sort of a um, couple of kilometres up the road. So I said, let's go for a ride into this particular um, sports shop. And we, we came to a point where we had to cross this highway, which was a dual highway. And I and when we stopped, I was a little, a little away from her, that is to say, uh, you know, uh, sort of 20 20 metres apart sort of thing. So I said, wait for this car and we'll go into the, we'll walk, we got off our bikes, we'll walk into the centre of the road where you could stand quite easily, you know, there was a, a comfortable place to stand in the middle of the road. So we got into the mid- middle and I said, we'll let this car go past and then we'll we'll cross. And and she just she just uh, looked the wrong way. She just looked the other way um, and hit, was hit by the car and... Um, and uh, she passed away instantly. Um, so uh, that was really, really, really devastating, um, not only for me but um, um, my family and, and all my friends. You were there with her when this happened. Yes. Can you 
Can you take us into that moment? What was that like for you for this out of nowhere, this tragedy to, to, to suddenly unfold in front of you completely unexpected? Well, I can remember it distinctly. It will never go away from me. It's, it'll, it'll be in my mind forever. But um, when it happened, um, um, I just ran to her because, um, I, as I said, we were a little way apart. Um, I didn't want her to um, get too close to another intersection, so I said, you stop it. And I, I was riding a little bit in, in front of her. Mm. So I, had, I ran to her and she was lying on the road and I just thought to myself, Okay, she's been hit. She's probably unconscious. Um, we'll we'll get her to hospital and, and it'll be all right. But as it turned out, um, uh, when the medicos came along, they um, they announced that um, she she had passed away, um, and I was just absolutely um, I, uh, just in shock. I mean, it's uh, I was um, um, yeah, just completely dazed and 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 out of out of it. Um, because uh, you just you just couldn't. I when we woke up that morning, who would have who would have thought that um, that this horrible accident would have would have occurred? There are, are people um, even listening to this. People part of the Canterbury Baptist Church congregation who have faced their own moments of sudden and unexpected tragedy in all sorts of different ways. Yes. yes. Now, as you look back, I'm I'm impressed by even as you talk about it now. Um, um, the expression I would use is that you seem very centred. Um, you seem to have been able to process it and and come mm. to a place of clarity and come even to, even to a place of healing to a degree. Although mm. I can definitely mm. hear, and I think you commented that that it's 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 a it's a pain that's not ever going to leave you. No, I guess now if you were speaking to people at Canterbury Baptist Church who themselves are facing uh, tragic moments, I guess. What is it that you might be able to say to us based upon your own your own personal experience? Well, there's no question my faith um, helped considerably. Um, and although you could it would be very would have been very easy for me to say, God, why why did why did you bring this about? Why did you do this? Um, it, it's very tempting to say that and think that. Um, but I know that um, <clears throat> I know that God puts us on this earth, um, and, and we don't know why. Um, and we're very fortunate to be the lucky ones to come onto this earth. And I know He takes us away um, at various sta- various stages of our life, and we don't know when that when that is going to occur. Um, so from from that point of view, I'm a pragmatist practical sort of I take a practical view of it that, mm. that God it's it got it's it our lives are in God's control and and we don't know as I say we don't know when we uh, when we're coming or when we're going um, but it's in we're in his hands I mean and if 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 he chose to take a lease at that time well that was that was his choosing um, um, and uh, we can't explain it. Uh, we don't. We don't know why um, um, he takes younger people uh, early in life. Um, the least was in the in, in the um, older stage of her life, but even so, we just don't know when he's going to uh, take us. And so we just have to um, um, submit to to God and and um, His way uh, in in intervening in our lives. 
you've also faced the challenge of personal health issues as well. I believe that you've had two bouts bouts of treatment for two different kinds of of cancers in your life. Yes. Is, that, is that correct? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, I've been able to, um, through God's intervention, once again, um, he 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 has total. Uh, control of our our lives and um, and and in this this case of of which you referred, um, I did have uh, first of all I had prostate cancer, um, and then later on a few years later this was uh, back in two thousand and interestingly enough the same year Elise passed away, uh, two thousand and seven I had uh, prostate cancer and then uh, a few years three or four years I had bowel cancer, um, but. Uh, very fortunate in both instances to have it diagnosed early on, uh, so um, so treatment treatment could be uh, taken to um, to eradicate it, and um, and here I am today um, uh, being able to talk about it. Uh, I'm quick to point out that uh, both these these cancers um, uh, are not are not at the top end of uh, cancers where um, you know particularly. Um, vicious cancers but uh, by the same token cancer is cancer but uh, I was very very fortunate um, to have them diagnosed early and and, and um, I'm here to tell the story. I guess just wrapping all that up if, if we just draw this part of our conversation to a close just wrapping all that up thinking about your early days in pioneers thinking about your faith connection through the uh, the witness and the example that was set to you there thinking through the opportunity to uh, through the insurance industry and you mentioned particularly the last 20 years working for church uh, for faith-based organizations and actually the joy yeah. that was for yes. you as you're actually able to practically support faith-based groups particularly to, to meet their insurance needs and to, to find yes. coverage. But then also yes. toward the end of the conversation, just, just diving a bit into some some personal moments of tragedy. I guess I just want to wrap all that up in this question, which is, and now at this moment in time, who is Jesus to you? What does Jesus mean to you? Oh, well, G- Jesus um, means everything to me. Um, you know, um, I, uh, I rely on, uh, on him... Um, um, and I, um, I, I thank him. I praise him. Um, he, he is everything, everything to me. I mean, it's, he's the centerpiece, uh, centerpiece of my life. Um, I just can't imagine living life um, without, um, without Christ. Um, and, and um, I mean, I uh, say good night to him every night. I go to sleep, and when I wake up in the morning, I say good morning. And I mean, he's he's just there all the time. No. Russell, mate, it's been an incredible privilege to be able to uh, just just hear something of your story. And thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your willingness to be so open and to allow us into different areas, exciting mm-hmm. areas, and inspiring areas, and some some tragic areas of mm-hmm. of your life. So really yeah. appreciate this. But if it's okay, we might come round, back around for round two because there's a few topics I'd love to explore with you. First is simply how did you end up coming to Canterbury Baptist? But actually what I also then, then want to explore is particularly your work in Rotary and your, your passion for community service. So mm-hmm. so how about we draw this conversation to a close and let's gather together and let's uh, let, let's keep talking about these these other areas if you're happy to do that. Yeah, yeah that's fine. All right. Thank you, Russell. Righto. Bye. And thank you to everyone who tuned in to listen. This podcast is produced and presented by Stephen Field on behalf of Canterbury Baptist Church, Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email cbc at canterburybaptist.org. 
if you are a member or regular attender of this church, how about you get in touch with Russell directly and thank him for his contribution today. Theme music is the song The First Step by Andrew Naylor from his album Two Stones. The album is available wherever you purchase or stream your music. Join us next time as we continue our chats with the people of Canterbury Baptist. Music